Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome back to the Peace With Podcast. I am Avi Calhoun, your host. And today we're gonna be talking all about positive belief systems and spirituality that help individuals and people, those are the same thing, obviously, confront challenges and their conflicts in life. For the first half, I will be just talking about my own personal experience with and how and why spirituality, religion, and positive belief systems are important to have in our lives and how they help us move forward. And for the last half, I'll be sitting down with two contacts, two people to talk just a little bit about their personal spiritualities and how it's aided them in life. So again, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Avraham underscore Netanel and visit peacewith.net if you're interested in any sort of services. So without further further ado, let's go ahead and just jump into the episode. So let's do it. Positive belief systems. First, I think it's important that we define what a belief system is. Um, but before I get into that, I just kind of want to plug something here. I'm sat out at Texas Beach in Richmond, Virginia. It's a beautiful day here. Uh, I've got Akko with me. You can probably hear the river. You're likely to hear the wind. You're likely to hear other people behind me talking. Um, you know, I haven't been putting off doing this episode, but I'm definitely like off my schedule, I have to admit. And to start with positive belief systems, I thought what better way to just kind of be open about one area that I'm struggling with as it relates to a belief system is around success and really trying to shed what success looks like and my output of content and all of those ideas that are spinning in my head that come from the outside. When in reality, I have to just continue to recognize that I see my success every single day just because it's not the success that I have been taught to believe is real success, like fame, fortune, etc. I'm still having little successes every day. And that's something that I have to acknowledge for myself. So, of course, to start talking about peace, um, excuse me, <laughs> well, this is the Peace With podcast, of course. But what I'm trying to say is talking about positive belief systems. Positive belief systems tell you stories in your head. Uh, It's what makes up your mind. So, of course, I have a negative belief system around success. The story that I tell myself about what success is. But that's just one aspect of a deeper belief system. Because I know really like what's my deeper belief system is set more around growth mindset. Which is recognizing that through our failures and challenges we only become better. And just because you have one failure or because you don't record your podcast on the schedule that you're supposed to be recording it doesn't mean you've failed. You know, I have to do things in my own time and in my own space. So back to belief systems. When I say positive belief system, however, I'm talking about the way in which you think and make up your world. So there's a little bit of cosmology here, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about other people. And there can be kind of master belief systems. So for example, my belief system that I'm using is Judaism, primarily Kabbalah, um, in Judaism. However, there are also lots of different types of religions, and religions are belief systems, but also certain types of governments are belief systems, right? We believe in democracy. Some people believe in authoritarianism. So you also get belief systems like that. What I'm saying for the purpose of this episode is that people need to have positive belief systems that help guide them to success to their spiritual fulfillment 
And so you want to make sure that what you believe is actually benefiting you and serving you in a compassionate and empathetic way. And so before I get to the interviews for today, I just want to talk about why positive belief systems are so important. Because when you have a positive belief system, it helps you achieve your goals, it helps you get to your success, it helps you have more fulfillment and peace in life. And however, you have to realize there's always going to be challenges no matter what you believe and think, right? That's part of being human is going through the experiences of pain. But you don't have to suffer all the time. And positive belief systems help with that. So, of course, your positive belief system doesn't have to have a belief in a deity or like a higher power. It can also be a form of therapy. Cognitive-based therapy, I know, is a really big right now. So it can also be therapies. The first important thing I want to touch on, though, is that your positive belief system should have some sort of mentorship, right? You should be meeting with a coach or someone regularly, talking to them about your experiences and the challenges and the things that you're going through in life. And they should be able to provide you with practical and valuable wisdom that can be applied. Now, in addition to your positive belief system, it should be something that you really like want to, to live out fully, you know, like my practice with Judaism is something that's so authentic to just who I am as a person. It's how I want to live my life. It's not so challenging for me, though there are challenges in that belief system that help me get to where I need to get to help me grow. So you want to have mentorship because the mentorship in this positive belief system is going to help you grow. And you need to make sure that it comes naturally and authentically to you. You can't force a positive belief system because the more you try to force something, the more it's going to cause suffering and pain. So always wanting to have a mentor is a good thing. Of course, you also can outgrow your mentor. And so the ability to find new mentorship in the same positive belief system is really, really important. Now... Moving on from mentorship and making sure it comes authentically to you, another really important part about having a positive belief system, bringing routine to your life. That is an important aspect of having a positive belief system. It should always be bringing you some sort of routine to your life that you can live by and schedule your life by. Of course, you always need to have flexibility with yourself, but... It doesn't mean that routine isn't a beneficial thing. So always make sure that your positive belief system has some sort of routine. So, so far we said mentorship, making sure it comes authentically to yourself, and also having a routine built around your positive belief system to keep you focused is going to be really, really important. Some aspects of positive belief systems don't always have the routine built into them. And so you have to find a way to make it work and build that routine for yourself based on that positive belief system. And so we have mentorship. We have authenticity to yourself. We have making sure you have a routine based off of that positive belief system. And then finally, it's consciousness. Consciousness of your desire and how your desire is either harming you and other people in your life 
or how it's benefiting you and other people in your life in a positive way. You have to have a belief system that talks about desire, that talks about the things that you want, that talks about realigning your goals so that they're more compassionate and empathetic for yourself and for other people rather than just purely rooted in selfishness for the self alone. So that's kind of what I wanted to leave you all with. Now, for the rest of this episode, I'm just going to be talking to two individuals about their positive belief systems and how it keeps them going and moving in life as they face adversity, challenge, and conflict in life. Thanks. So I am excited to introduce you all to my first guest, Chelsea Daikon. She is a health and wellness coach who promotes mindfulness and positivity through meditation and yoga practice to assist people in creating more balanced lifestyles. Uh, go ahead and, and say hi to us, Chelsea. Tell us where people can find you. Hi, everyone. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's Chelsea underscore in underscore Wonderland. Um, and then obviously Facebook, which is Chelsea Diacon. Cool. And we'll make sure we link all of that stuff uh, in the bio to the podcast so people can find your website and or Instagram and stuff like that. Cool. Um, but without further ado, why don't you just go ahead and just start telling us like who you are, what do you do, why you're here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm a health and wellness coach. I started about a year and a half ago. Um, I got into it because I wasn't doing like really good with my own health routine. And then once I started getting like that underway, I figured out that I could like help other people do, um, kind of like what I'm doing and eating better and just creating a more like balanced lifestyle. Um, got really into yoga and meditating, um, which is something I never really thought that I would ever enjoy doing. Um, but now it's become part of my daily routine and... I'm here to help other people do the same. Cool. So before we even jump into like all of the positive stuff, let's go to the negative. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that like you weren't living a healthy lifestyle. Like, can you explain to our listeners a little bit? Like, what does that mean? Um, a lot. So I was definitely being super selfish in ways that I wasn't really thinking about. Um, just, you know, with like my decisions and then obviously like treating people like not really how I wanted to. And then all of that kind of stemmed from not eating right. I was just, you know, I would literally eat fast food all the time. And then I was wondering why I couldn't get the health and wellness results that I needed and wanted. Um, so, I mean, just even like with family, I would just kind of like, I don't know. I just, I wasn't like a bad person, but I felt like it's not who I wanted to be long-term. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that you were an awful person. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but you know, <laughs> we all want to be better in some ways. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, I'm just curious to know a little bit about, well, obviously I want you to tell me like how you define your own personal spirituality, but I want to make sure we go back to like focus on when did that shift start? So why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about your positive belief system what do you think? What do you believe? What keeps you going and motivating you? Because not everyone has the same belief system and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a religious Jew. I have a clear set of rules that I follow, but for other people, it's a, it's completely different. So give us a little taste of what the spirituality of Chelsea is. So I definitely believe there's a higher power. Um, some days, I don't really know if that's God or just the universe in general, but um, I find myself... I'll pray at night and I'll pray, like, I'll pray for my family and I'll pray for my friends. Um, but I find myself on a daily basis, especially when I'm journaling, um, just like praying to the universe, because the more that I read about mindfulness, it's the energy that you put out into the universe and the more positive you are and the more you say I am and I will, 
the universe is going to give that back to you. The more you're negative and you say, you know, I can't do this. Like I want to create this type of lifestyle, but I don't really know if I can ever reach it. Then the universe is going to be like, okay, she doesn't really want it that bad. So after just praying to the universe and putting the good vibes out there, I've really learned that like, this is how you do it. So where did you learn that? Like, where did you learn how to manifest essentially? Um, just like listening to other people, um, like a lot of my health and wellness coaches, um, I've gained a lot of friendships through them and they obviously don't believe in the same beliefs that I grew up with. So just gaining new insight. And then obviously when I'm meditating and doing yoga, um, they always are saying, you know, they're always talking about praying to the universe and just like putting your intentions out there. Um, so that just kind of came to fruition. So you... Do you currently have a health and wellness coach or you've, and you've used health and wellness coaches in the past? No. So I got into this by actually a girl that I met on Instagram and she is through the same health and wellness business that I'm in. Um, and we just became friends. I, you know, signed, I was like, how are you living your most healthy and I don't know, I guess, um, best life as you can say. Um, and then she introduced me to her regimen, which I jumped on board. So then that like brought us together, um, as I guess coworkers in a sense. Um, so she lives in Bali and she's just like living like the surfing life every day. And she doesn't really believe in God necessarily, but obviously she prays to the universe all the time and she's doing exactly what she wants to do. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take all the tips that you have. Yeah. So <laughs> Would you say that mentorship was a big part of your spiritual development? Oh, yes, for sure. Because before, like, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I literally hated that whole lifestyle. Wait, you were raised Catholic? Yes. Okay, hang on. They need to know this. So Chelsea and I are, like, family friends. We go, like, <laughs> way, way, way back from when we were literally, like, born. Yeah. So we know, we've known each other our whole lives. Um, it's just fascinating that, like, when we were teens and children, like, neither one of us were like into spirituality and like we didn't talk about this so this is actually the first time that her and I have really gotten a chance to sit down so I just wanted to plug that a little bit what did I ask you we were talking about mentorship and it being super important so right yeah um but yeah race catholic and I hated it I hated going to church every day I hated the like strict lifestyle that they gave out um I think finally like in middle school or something I just was like mom dad I cannot do this anymore we are I'm not going to church with you guys anymore like I will read Whatever you need me to <laughs> at home, but like I am not going to this um, living hell anymore. So after that, um, I mean, I would obviously pray every night before bed, but I I would occasionally go to like Baptist churches with my friends on Sundays if I had to. But I always found like my spirituality either like outdoors or in nature or just even sitting by myself, like and just speaking out what I wanted out of life. So. All right, so totally not into the traditional religious lifestyle as a kid and currently not now, which is totally fine. Um, and you mentioned that you find your spirituality through nature and through connection with people. I want to know just kind of a little bit more we can pinpoint of when did you kind of decide like, okay, I'm making the active choice. Oh, wait. I'm jumping all over the place. Sorry. The one last point I wanted to mention <laughs> was just mentorship. Mm -hmm. Mentorship for you was super important in mm -hmm. your spiritual development. And so, again, that's something that I talked about earlier in the podcast, right? That having a mentor, having a coach 
whether it's a spiritual teacher, a health and wellness coach, it doesn't really matter as long as the positive belief system works for you. So I'm glad that you touched base on like how mentorship helped you get there. Mm-hmm. So you were living this unhealthy lifestyle. You kind of talked about it. Can you talk a little bit about like when that shift started for you as it relates to your age? So right now you're about to turn or you just turned 29. Yeah. I'm 30. <laughs> so when for you did this switch start like during your timeline? Um, I guess maybe like when I turned 27, um, cause like I have a lot of friends who are all over the place with religion. Like obviously mm-hmm. you and then like a lot of my friends either go to church or they don't. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, I feel like I need to find something because yes, I pray every night before bed. I'm praying for my family and praying for my animals and all that good stuff and my friends, but I need like something to believe in like on a daily basis that's going to help me like just find I guess like purpose to life in a way um and that's kind of when I was like all right it's you've been praying to this god obviously that we can't see but why don't you try you know not only praying to him at night but like setting out into the universe like what your goals are and like what you want to get out of this life to make it more purposeful and that I think that shift just like really woke up my soul Yeah, no, great. I love that. And I think it's important for me to mention here that your spirituality and your positive belief system is not just rooted in a belief in a higher power. You obviously follow a pretty, I mean, I would almost say like a religious health and wellness regimen. Can you just talk people through like what your daily routine looks like throughout the day, like from waking up to like, how do people live a healthy lifestyle? So I, um, I try really, really hard to get up early, which doesn't always work. Um, But when I do wake up, I like to meditate, whether it's um, listening to a meditation from my, um, like my programs online, or sometimes I'll just pull up a sound bath on YouTube and I have a mala that I use. So every day, every- A mala? What's a mala? So a mala is, um, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's kind of like new to me, but it's, it's really nice. Um- it was given to me actually through one of my uh, groups. So it's got like a stone on the bottom and it's got like these threads and then it has these three beads and then you'll have like a big bead at the halfway point and then it's like a, it's kind of like a rosary in a way. Okay. Um, but instead of praying to a God or something, you're basically praying to the universe. So um, basically if I'm using my mala, my mantras will be, I am fearless and I'll do that for three beads or I am confident or just like whatever I need to get out of that day. Um, so if I'm using my mala, I'll turn on a sound bath, but I'll meditate for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then after that I will journal. So my journal routine consists of 10 gratitudes that have happened in the last 24 hours. These are not like materialistic things and they're not family things either because I see family like on a daily basis it's more of things like the way the weather feels outside or like the birds chirping while I'm coming home from work or something like that. Um, so then after that, I will set my intentions for the day. Um, I'll usually spend like 15, 20 minutes on that. Just talk about like if something negative were to come my way, like how am I going to deal with it? Um, just so I can ensure like the most positivity out of my day. And then after that I do, um, like I write down three affirmations And these affirmations are a little bit more than mantras. They're just like things that I want to accomplish down the road. Like, I don't know, I would would like to be like a um, yoga instructor one day. Um, So sometimes I'll write that down. And then sometimes I'll write down 
um, I am confident or I am fearless or I am successful, um, stuff like that. So just putting out into the universe things that I want to happen for me. And the more I do that, the more the universe yeah. will be like, okay, cool. I think it's, I mean, there's sometimes like we live in this society that's so negative all the time. Like when I hear, like I also do affirmations and it just, it's sad to me that like, well, it's not sad. It's like we have to affirm ourselves that we're successful because of the immense amount of energy that we're getting from like Instagram and like the way that our generation was raised and like what we define as success. Like it's, it's exhausting that you really have to kind of redefine your own success point. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to connect a couple of other dots too, just to be sure. Amala, I was Googling it while she was talking just to make sure I was scared. (laughs) So I, I thought I knew what it was. So these are those Buddhist or the Jainist prayer beads that you'll see. You find them in Jainism. You find them in Hinduism. Essentially, exactly what Chelsea said. They're similar to a rosary, but related more towards Eastern traditions. And you use them with mantras or affirmations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad we made those connections. And I think it's just really cool to see how Americans... And I know there's a lot of um, challenges with this about like cultural appropriation and stuff. But what we're noticing is that as our world becomes more globalized these spiritual practices are actually becoming real tools that people are using in the West and in the East for themselves. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to mention was I love this emphasis that you're putting on the natural world mm-hmm. to create awe in your life. One of my favorite books in the Hebrew Bible is the book of Job. And a lot of people hate this because it's like we're God and the devil were like, let's test Job, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the gist of it. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on this one book one day, so I'm not going to get into it. But the basis of this whole story is awe of the creator, that we have no idea, like, what's in store. We have no idea of the amount of possible possibilities that there are because we're these small human beings. And, like, we go through our lives questioning ourselves so much and questioning the world which in turn is like, we don't fully comprehend and understand it. And so I love that sometimes you just have to kind of stop and finding that awe and that sense of like, I am completely out of control of this natural world that's spinning around me, but I am in control of the way that I relate to this world is super, super powerful. Do you have any thoughts to add to that before I ask you my next question? Um, yeah, so I have been dealing with control issues my whole life. Ask like (laughs) any of my previous friends, I try to control every situation and I used to live life by, you know, I mean, sometimes I still catch myself doing it, but I'll, you know, I'll be like avoiding anything and everything that I feel like I can't control. And now I've found myself as I'm getting older, just putting myself in uncomfortable situations because I can control how I'm acting in it and I can control how I act towards people who like... I can't control. So um, that's control and like figuring out, okay, you don't have control over this, but you have control over how you act and how you deal with it. That That's something that we all need to dive into. So on that note, how have you seen your spirituality aid you when having challenging conversations or conflict or confrontation with family members and friends? So I kind of just like leave it up to the universe again. I'm just like, I am going to be this all day in this situation if anything is going to arise. And I believe that you're going to have my back because 
I'm counting on you right now and we're going to work together. And I don't know, maybe it's just my positive energy that's making it work or maybe it's like a placebo effect but either way no no, no I, it's I been you. working I think what what I'm trying to get at more is like when you're actually in those interactions like mm-hmm. before to now like what's different from the way like before I had spirituality in my life this was the way I would handle like conflict and challenge now like has anything changed oh yeah I you oh my gosh if I was in bad situations or just like anything like with me and my mom like we're both women we used to fight all the time but now if we get into a fight other people fight too not just women (laughs) but that was like a gist of it when I was younger so I would find myself just like flying off the handle and just like I can't control what's going on so I'm gonna act like a total crazy person and now (laughs) when we get into fights or if I get into a confrontation with someone that I know that it's going south I just I take a deep breath. I, you know, I say like, this obviously isn't working out the way that we expected it to. We both need to walk away. We need to take a breath and then we'll come back to it later. Um, if I find that happening with, you know, more people than it should, then I just kind of am like, okay, we need, we need to reevaluate like our friendship maybe, or, um, maybe we should just take some time apart or something, but it's definitely been a lot more calm. Right. So like what I'm hearing that what aids in that calmness is like, a sense of acceptance you yeah you're able to like when conflict and challenge arise you're able to accept the situation as is in the moment rather than like resist it would you say that yes for sure because that's all you can expect i mean yeah exactly (laughs) cool okay so like let's talk a little bit about um obviously our spiritualities evolve all the time right like i well that's not true i always knew that i was going to be a jew but um, I, mean, <laughs> I think like I didn't, I went back and forth with my conversion so many times. And mm-hmm. I think now that I've converted, it feels almost like coming out again, I have to admit. Like mm-hmm. I've always been a Jew internally for me, but externally now I get to, I feel, I get to claim it a little bit more and it has definitely changed. Like now that I have gone through the conversion process, I am much more committed to my uh, practice of it. But of course, there are days where, like, I fail, right? Like, there are some days where I'm not praying three times a day. Right. I'm, I feel like there's a lot of people who, when they're starting on the spiritual path, they feel guilty about not being perfect all the time in their spirituality. Can you talk to me a little bit about moments where that's, where, like, that's happened to you and what you've learned through, like, sometimes you are going to fail and, like, what, is, what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, so, I mean, like I said earlier, it's not every day that I wake up on time when I want to. And it's obviously not every day that I get to meditate and journal like I expect to. Um, Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if I'm not doing that, I'm not putting out into the universe what I intend to. Um, So, those days, I just kind of sit back and I'm like, there's always tomorrow. Or before I go to bed, if I realize I haven't done anything like that all day, then I'll try to get something in before I go to sleep. Um, But I think it's really important to just, like, accept that nobody is perfect and there are only 24 hours in a day and you cannot physically sometimes just get everything done that you intend to and that's okay but as long as you are sticking to whatever beliefs you have um you're gonna have days that you slip up but it's not the end of the world just pick up where you left off the next day and go from there yeah certainly i'm curious to know um what has changed also just with your spirituality, like from where you started to where you are now, like how have you, what has the evolution just been like? Um, it's been, I want to use the word calm, calming, I guess like a calming effect for me. Cause 
I've always been like a high energy, like high anxiety person. And what's your sign again? Aquarius. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah so like I always have to like bounce around. Yes. An and air sign. Be in control and like whatever. So, um, I also go to a lot of therapy. So it's just been really nice to realize like. Okay, like not everything that you want to get done is going to get done. You can't control everything and the world is going to keep moving with or without you and you can either get on board and just do it how you are how you need to do it or just sulk in your own pity. So <laughs> I definitely don't right. want to I do mean, that. Well, I mean there's a level of acceptance too. Like I was saying, I think I, I'm seeing that scene with you. There's this aspect of just accepting like things where you are because you recognize that like some things are out of your control and of course with the piece with podcasts we are huge supporters of you create your own reality but what i mean by that is the way you react to situations happening to you is what you can control exactly and when you control yourself you in turn are able to control the situation mm-hmm. um before we we close up i mean i'm just curious to know like is how do you see this changing in the future and how do you see it continuing to aid you like in your relationships so that's a really good question um because that's something that i've really thought about like especially after being in this routine for like a year and a half now I honestly could not see myself coming out of it because one it's really helped me like find friendships that i could never give up because we just were bouncing ideas off each other and we're like just there to support each other. And then especially with like intimate relationships, I've always been one to obviously try to control the person or things that are happening. And now that I've kind of let that go, I've just kind of realized like, okay, like this person trusts me. I trust them. They, you know, it's just, everything is a lot more calm and free flowing. And especially like with getting older, I've, I don't know if I'll have kids one day, but if I ever do, um, I just feel like I used to be scared because I was like, oh my God, you're going to be like one of those crazy moms that's going to try to control their kid. And like, anytime (laughs) they like smoke weed, you're going to (laughs) like slit their throats or something. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but no, now I'm just kind of like, it's comforting to know like where I'm at because I just want to like instill that like calmness into them one day. So I'm just like, okay, like, I feel like I'm on the right path finally. And I'm like, it only took you freaking 27 years to get here. But here we are. Just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. And so will everyone else. Well, it's that certainty of just knowing like this is the way. Um, Cool. So tell us, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your services? How can people find you? What's the business you're you're coaching for? All of these things. Um, Oh, sorry. Wait, before we do that, I want to talk about (laughs) one more thing. Uh, meditation specifically because I know that's what I love about your Instagram the most is mm-hmm. your meditation tips that you give because I do meditate on my own but I don't like I'm not the one teaching meditation mm-hmm. maybe someday but for right now it's a personal practice why well, why should people meditate yeah I literally never thought that that would be something I would ever do because I thought it was the weirdest thing um <laughs> to just sit by yourself and <laughs> not try not to have any thoughts but <laughs> It's just so, like, I have never felt so, I guess, refreshed. Even if I sit there for five minutes um, Mm -hmm. with myself and, like, yes, you're going to have an itch. You're going to have thoughts that are going to, like, come and go. But, like, the good thing about meditating is if you can breathe, you can meditate. Like, that's what I always say because it is true. Like, you're going to have thoughts that are going to come and 
as long as you don't dwell on those thoughts, like, oh my God, I have to take the dry cleaning tomorrow. I have to pick up my kid at four o'clock today. Like all those things, just let them come, let them go. The goal out of meditating is just being able to breathe and sit with yourself self for five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, whatever it may be. And then when you're done, whether it's sitting in silence or listening to like some type of specific meditation or a sound bath, it's like, if you just close your eyes and block out the rest of the world for a minute, like you desperately need that time with yourself. Like I, I have never experienced anything like it. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would agree. Cool. Okay. Now tell people where they can buy you. Okay. So (laughs) obviously I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a lot of links in my bio for, um, just like my upcoming groups that I hold. Uh, what I do as a health and wellness coach is I, help people reach their health and wellness goals, whether it be personal, whether it be like, I don't know, a certain weight that you want to be to, or if you just want to learn how to eat healthier, um, there are days that I slip up. It is okay. But as long as, you know, we know what's put in our bodies on a daily basis, that's the most important thing. Um, but I work for uh, Beachbody. So I'll, a lot of people are like skeptical about that, but I promise it is not a pyramid scheme. Those are illegal. Um, <laughs> it is a multi-level marketing system, which I love because I have met so many people that I will never not want to know. Um, they will be my forever friends. And we basically in this business just thrive ideas off of each other, uh, whether you're vegan or pescatarian or if you want to eat all the red meat in the world. We find healthy ways to do it and we don't cut out any food groups and we put our body into motion on a daily basis and use meditations and yoga for balanced lifestyles. So Amazing. So again, uh, all of Chelsea's links um, to get her services to her Instagram will be in the bio of this podcast. Chelsea, I think you're doing great work. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Now we are going to go ahead and turn to our second guest today that I'll be interviewing, obviously, because that's what I'm doing. So I'm with Troy Fuller today. Uh, We are both friends and members of the same uh, synagogue. So that's how we've met each other. Uh, Troy is a licensed massage therapist. You can find him at Richmond Sports Massage in Carytown for those of you who are in the Richmond area. And if you are interested in booking a session with him, you can find him on Instagram at Troya Fur. That's T R O Y A F U R. Go ahead and just send him a DM, and you can get on the schedule. So, uh, what's going on, Troy? How are you feeling today? Hey, I'm good. The coffee's kicking in. It's a beautiful morning, warm spring day in Richmond, and I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. Although I think it's gonna like be a tornado today, right? Oh we wow! Have, like, we have like tornado watches, I think, or something. I'm not sure. Not surprising. Spring weather. <laughs> um, cool. So we're here to talk about your positive belief system, and I want you to focus on as we're going through this conversation. What do you want to share about yourself and the way your positive belief system has aided you and helped you through life? But before we jump into any of that, why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, Man, these kinds of open-ended introductions are always hard. Um, I'm a human. I was born in Virginia. Um, (laughs) uh, I was raised in like a really religious Christian family, and I think from a young age, spirituality was always important to me. Um, I've always had this kind of like dual current of being really rebellious, but also really like curious about spirituality. And so that's kind of like guided my path. Um, 
at a certain point in my early 20s, I think I started exploring religions outside of Christianity. Um, Eastern philosophy was something that kind of sparked my interest, uh, spent some time studying Buddhism, and then I did like a long deep dive into yoga and studying like Vedic uh, lore and Vedic philosophy. Um, and so that definitely played a, a major part in influencing my belief system. But a few years ago, I became very interested in Judaism and it was a sort of a surprising interest that I would say found me and um, it's definitely like shaped who I am now and is a major part of my identity. And yeah, I guess that's how. Super, um, before we jump into any deeper stuff, well, this is probably gonna be deep, but can you, do you have any like Vedic lore that you wanna share? Any interesting Vedic lores? Um, I really love the, so there are like a million different versions of stories about Shiva and Shakti, the divine masculine and divine feminine. But in a yoga workshop a few years ago, um, a guy that I studied under Ty Landrum shared one particular story about Shiva and the human incarnation of Shakti, Shakti, and how they met. And it was just a really beautiful story about how they made cosmic love for thousands of years. And I don't know. Wow, cosmic love for thousands of years. I feel like that's a pop song lyric. Uh, Florence and the Machine, Cosmic Love. Oh, yeah. 2011. Co <laughs> so you're obviously excited about her new album that's about to come out. Yes, sir. Um, great. Cool. So I guess for you, this is going to be a very interesting question because you've, you've dabbled in a lot of spirituality. It's kind of like myself. But why don't you talk to us a little bit about your current positive belief system as it relates to your spirituality and then we'll get into like the whole journey and the progression and the mm -hmm. evolution so what what where are you at right now what's your belief system right now so i mean honestly i think a lot of it is influenced by 12-step recovery if okay I'm being completely honest yeah. um i've been in recovery for the last six or seven years um a major part of my belief system is that um a difficult experiences that we go through are lessons that we can glean these sort of macrocosmic truths from and in turn we we share that wisdom with other people and help them through their experience so the the belief in the idea that um, everything I'm encountering in life any kind of like obstacle or resistance um, is something that I can turn into an altruistic way to help others is really like the fuel that keeps me going because life is hard. It's 2022, you know, coming out of this pandemic, like I think everyone's kind of feeling that heaviness um, and, and having this sort of thing that I can cling to and, and try to turn these experiences into something um, valuable for others is really important for me. So uh, the 12 step recovery program, am I saying that correctly? Mm -hmm. That they, their beliefs around failure you're saying are essentially, in my own words, it's like telling the individual that your challenges, your failures, the things where, where you stumbled in life can be used essentially, what you learn from those moments can be used to help change other people's lives for the positive. Yeah. Um, I love that you said that because at the beginning of this podcast, uh, we were talking a little bit about belief systems around failure and we are, we are so inundated with just a horrible mindset around failure. Like growth mindset is not like a part. So I just think that's really, really 
Beautiful. Um, I, one little tidbit you mentioned, something about like cosmic truth, like mm-hmm. learning these cosmic truths. Can you share a little bit about like what that means for anyone who's not familiar with the 12-step recovery program? And also perhaps like if you're allowed to or you can, like a cosmic truth that you've learned through this process? Mm. So, I mean, I'll preface by saying cosmic truth is definitely not a term that they use oh. in the 12-step programs. That's <laughs> okay. just... That's kind of my own spin that Got I guess it. I'm taking from Love past it. experiences. But yeah, I mean, I think there there is this idea that there are um, just experiences that all people go through, like archetypal experiences that we all encounter and deal with. Um, love, loss, you know, resistance to pain, um, fear, trying to, trying to control the outcome of a situation um, so that we maintain a, a sense of security. Um, so, you know, there, there are these like bigger life lessons that all of us encounter and, um, yeah, I guess. Okay, great. Um, can we switch gears really fast and, um, talk about your current faith? I hate this. I hate this word, everyone. The word faith. I'm going to have to do a whole podcast on the word faith in general. That's not the word I want to use. I'm going to use the word certainty or trust in um, Judaism and the practices and also Hashem, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how does that coincide with this first positive belief system that you shared? I think they work together really well and in many ways are saying the same thing and trying to accomplish the same thing. Um, one thing that really drew me to Judaism was the sense of community that it fosters and the emphasis that it places on, you know, the individual being a part of this like bigger collective and having a responsibility to the collective. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something that I've learned in 12 step programs, but I think, um, I, I wanted to like find that in a broader sense. And so I've definitely found that in Judaism, um, Really, all religions and philosophies are kind of saying the same thing. I think different ones speak to different people um, with, you know, like a, a stronger current. And I guess I just, I can see personally how um, the the practices of Judaism um, work really well for someone of like my disposition. It's really easy for me to isolate and to just kind of live in my own world. And I think... Um, being a part of the Jewish community has really pushed me to get outside of myself, um, to find a place in a community, to be open to other people, to uh, make myself available to help other people. Um, and all of those things ultimately are uh, actions that I can take to better myself and you know, to experience more fullness in the world. And also, um, I don't know, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's like, it's a really good opportunity for growth for me. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. And like in a lot of the things that like pulled me into Judaism, um, for the listeners who don't know, obviously like I converted to Judaism. I talk about it a lot, but, um, maybe you don't listen to all the episodes and you should. Um, but, (laughs) sorry, but the thing that kind of like really pulled me in was this sense of personal responsibility Mm -hmm. and like that, like you do have the power to, to change your life and, and also like clinging to life, clinging to the community. It's like so important and the clean, I don't use clean here in a negative sense. I use it more in a sense of like to be close to other people is to be close to God mm-hmm. in a sense. And from my own perspective, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, I completely agree. 
Um, I forgot the question that I was going to ask you, and it had something to do with all of this stuff. Oh, the discipline. You talked a lot about discipline. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with like the ins and outs of Jewish practice, there are 613 laws and or commandments that uh, religious Jews will follow on a daily basis if they're perfect. <laughs> it's, like, it's really hard. Um, but, you know, it's not a model of Judaism. Anyway, I'm curious to know if the practice of these laws and these rituals has, like, shaped your discipline in life. 100%. Um, I'm not disciplined by nature. Um, I think when I first got sober, I recognized the need for discipline in my life, and I, I quickly realized that I thrive if I have, like, a structured um, way of approaching my day. But it's not natural for me. So it's, it's interesting to me that I am now gravitating towards things that really instill a sense of discipline, like mm -hmm. um, observant Judaism. But yeah, not natural, but I do love it. You know, I love waking up. Um, first thing we do in the morning, we wash our hands and say a blessing over the washing of the hands. I think it's a, a beautiful way to start the day with a clean slate. I love saying blessings before I eat. Um, you know, it makes eating more mindful. Um, I definitely have periods where I'm like resistant to the discipline mm -hmm. and I kind of allow myself to feel that resistance and um, I try not to uh, criticize myself too much because I know I'm always going to come back around you know it's sort of the discipline is a landing pad for me it's it's like home base it's a very positive relationship I think with your trust in this practice um, a lot of people don't come to that. I mean, I get, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a long time, so like it's taken time to get here, but I think it's really powerful to kind of have that, especially when you are in, uh, when you are practicing a system that does have a lot of routine and structure to it, mm -hmm. being able and being okay to like recognize sometimes you aren't going to be 100%, but like you can always strive to that. I think it's a really positive thing to think about because we can't be 110% every single day. We should hold that consciousness. I believe that like we should always be striving to be our best, but the reality is we're going to fall short. We're human beings. Uh, and you've already touched on like two main things within your own belief system that I kind of talked about in the beginning of this podcast. And one of them was this idea, we're calling it here in this sense, discipline, but routine. In Judaism, there is a very clear routine that you do throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Having a routine is so important. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're Muslim, or you're non-spiritual whatsoever and you're an atheist. Routine has transformed my life and it transforms people's lives in a positive way. And so I just really want to push and reiterate there. Um, let's switch gears. So you um, didn't just get here. Mm -hmm. Just like this, there was obviously a process. So why don't you kind of talk a little bit broadly of where your spirituality started to come alive and kind of like how it's brought you to where you are today. Hmm. Okay. Um, I would say the real birth of my spirituality was as a teenager. Um, I was involved in this youth choir that it was like a youth choir mission trip that happened every summer. And there was a community of like 80 of us who would live in a church together for two weeks and we would sing and we would do mission work. And I formed the strongest relationships of my life, many people of whom I'm still close friends with um, in this experience. And it really, 
I think it showed me what real spirituality looked like. It wasn't dogmatic. It was um, just this community of people who really loved each other. And, you know, we would come together at night and like sing songs around the fire and play guitar. And there was just a lot of heart um, in that environment. So that's where it started. Um, I would say I started to claim it for myself as an adult um, around the age of like 23 or 24. Um, I'm gay. And when I came out, you're I, gay? I'm gay. Oh my it's God. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I came out, I wanted nothing to do with religion. I think I, I'm from a small conservative town, very strict family. Like I just had a bad taste in my mouth. And so I made a sharp flank to the right and was a self-proclaimed atheist for a few years. Fast forward a little bit, got clean and sober and kind of realized that um, spirituality is a major part of who I am as a person. And I didn't get there overnight. Um, it would be hard to like summarize all the events that happened in my life, but suffice it to say there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of emptiness. Um, I just felt like I had no purpose. And when I started to look into Eastern philosophy and just get in touch with that, I don't know, like, my heart again, um, I, you know, I, I started drifting back towards spiritual inquiry. So yoga was kind of my thing for a long time. Um, I did a really disciplined yoga practice called Ashtanga for five years. And I think that's where I really like first encountered discipline in adulthood. Um, I learned a lot of lessons about it there. That's where I learned, you know, I can't like stick 110% to this all the time every day. I need to be flexible with it. Um, but at a certain point, I kind of destroyed my body doing that practice, mm -hmm. and it was one of those situations where I, like, no matter how I tried to modify the practice or modify my approach to it, it just, it seemed like it wasn't working anymore, and so I felt like I had no choice but to try to, to find um, a path somewhere else. That studio that I went to ended up closing, um, and I don't... I don't know how to describe the way that I became interested in Judaism. Sometimes I just get like obsessed with things and there's like no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. I think I saw a documentary about Hasidic Jews and I had always had like a fascination with them. Um, my cousin lived in Williamsburg for a, a while and I remember going to stay with her and seeing little kids running around on the street speaking Yiddish and just being enamored by them. Um, and so I, I started like devouring these documentaries and, um, this was at the beginning of the pandemic. So I think I was feeling a major sense of like disconnection with the world in general. And, um, I don't know. I felt like, like society as a whole was missing a lot of pieces that I saw in this community. And so I don't know, I just learned and, and read and eventually, um, was connected to Temple Bethel. And that's the synagogue that Avi and I are members of. And, you know, from the first online service that I went to, I knew, like, these were my people. There was just a very um, strong sense of camaraderie, and, yeah. It's true. Um, we'll plug here Temple Bethel, if any of you are looking for a beautiful community. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, how has mentorship and or, like, coaches in your life also been a part of helping you shape a positive belief system? Um, well, in 12-step programs, we always have a sponsor who is someone who kind of takes you through the steps. They serve as a mentor. Um, ideally, it's someone who has a more sober time than you do. Mm -hmm. 
So I've had quite a few sponsors, um, some who are not so great, who, uh, you know, kind of showed me what I didn't want in life and what I didn't want in recovery. I have a wonderful sponsor right now. Um, she's amazing. She studies inquiry therapy. Oh, she's cool. really like quirky, eccentric woman. Um, and we've had completely different lives, but, um, the, the feelings that she's had through her experiences very much mirror mine. So I, I think it's incredible, you know, to be working with someone who, whose life looks so different than mine, but when you get down to the core, like we're, we're really kind of the same person. Yeah. Um, great. Good stuff. Let's, um, I'm just curious to know, like what has changed for the better since all of this transformation has come for you? Everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think by nature, I'm really, I'm negative. I'm yeah. extremely critical. I see all of the worst in situations. Um, when something doesn't go my way, I fall into like victimhood and, mm. you know, I just get stuck in this place where I don't want to do anything to change the situation. I'd rather throw my hands up and say, you know, fuck it. Yeah. But, um, Nowadays, I'm much more open to the idea that things can change. You know, yeah. I can change. I have a part in, in how my life plays out. So I, I do fall into the victimhood sometimes, but I don't stay there for long. Yeah. I'm very quick to like pull myself out and find ways to get outside of myself and, you know, have a new experience with life. So it was like important for you to bring awareness to the impermanence of things in life, would you say? Like, as yeah. far as things change? And also the impermanence of the self, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because when things don't go your way, I think it's easy to feel like things will always be like this. Yeah. You know? And the only truth is that nothing is... Nothing ever stays the same. That's true. And no good get, feeling, no bad feeling. Like, nothing lasts. Yeah. And you get stuck in that tunnel vision, and you're, like, mm. falling and falling and falling. Well, oh, sweet. Um, let's like more specifically, how do you see this shaping your relationships with other people, be them lovers, friends, family, coworkers, etc. Like how has it changed the way you interact with people, treat people, talk to people, deal with people when they're upset with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I think in general, I'm much more accepting of people than I used to be. Um, I give people a lot more room to be themselves um, I was never one of those people who had like a lot of external conflict with others. I don't like conflict. Mm. Um, can't if, say the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're almost like yin and yang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if someone bothered me, I would, you know, create arguments in my head and have this whole like dramatic fight in my head and withdraw from the situation and just never talk to them again. Yeah. But now we well, have the first step of the negotiation process, preparing what you want to say. Right. I've got that down. <laughs> <laughs> and like 10 different iterations of what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm much more apt if something bothers me, um, you know, I will talk to someone about it or um, if I feel like it doesn't need to be talked about, I can let go of it a lot more easily. I think I just have a lot more acceptance in general. Um, and, you know, my spiritual journey, particularly the 12 steps has totally changed my relationship with my parents. Mm. It was once very strained and now they're my best friends, honestly. That's, that's good. That, I mean, that's good for me to hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, those, those were all my questions. I'm, I do want to give you some space here to uh, kind of do like your own personal 
call to action, if you will, like, what do you want to leave the, our listeners with as it relates to you and or like your own experience? Like, what do you think people can take away from your personal experience? Hmm. Um, I mean, I know everyone is not an addict or an alcoholic. If you are and you're listening and, you know, you are not feeling great about yourself, I, I would just say that things don't have to stay the same and you can change. If you're not an addict or an alcoholic and, you know, life feels heavy for you and um, things, you know, don't feel like they're working in your benefit, I would say the same thing. Like, just be open to the possibility that... Um, you can have a new experience with life in every moment. And I think finding that openness for me, like um, openness to uh, something new in each moment has really like totally been a paradigm shift. So that's all I got. Awesome. So uh, without further ado, well, no, that's what you say at the beginning of something, right? I mean, it can work. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> uh, you are heard it from the mouth of Troy Fuller. Again, licensed massage therapist. You can find him at Richmond Sports Massage if you're interested in booking. I'm sure they can just show up to Richmond Sports Massage. We don't do walk-ins. Oh, you yeah. don't do walk-ins. So <laughs> but if D- you message me, I can get you on Yes. Yeah. DM him, uh, Troy Fur. That's T-R-O-Y-A-F-U-R on Instagram. And again, I will make sure all of these handles are linked in the bio. So thanks for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. So there you have it, folks. The Peace With Podcast on Positive Belief Systems. Again, I am Avraham Netanel. You can follow me on Instagram at Avraham underscore Netanel. We're going to go ahead and drop Troy and Chelsea's Instagram handles in the bio. So if you're interested in getting any of their services, reach out to them via Instagram. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. You can go to peacewith.net for all the services that I offer and hope you guys all have a great day. Peace be with you.